0: Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the playoffs of Life podcast with your host, Adrian Hatcher. In today's show, we're going to be discussing the outbursts that Klay Thompson had, scoring 35 points and actually taking on a six-man role. How will this six-man role play out for the rest of the season? We'll also talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Their record hasn't changed too much. Actually, it's looking a little bit worse. They are 3-7 and seven since the Doc River hiring. Now, post-All-Star break, can that change? That's something we'll get into. Also, the Cavs have succeeded in every facet of the game. They are literally the number two seed in the East right now. Can they keep this going after the All-Star break? And will they be a real threat against the team such as the Bucks and the Celtics? All that and more. Let's get into the weekly grind for today. So one of the biggest stories that occurred before the All-Star break uh, went down, Klay Thompson came into a sticky situation where basically the Warriors decided to have him come off the bench because of certain things that happened in the game before. And and if we're being honest, Klay Thompson has really struggled throughout the season. And basically Him coming off the bench was probably the best thing that could have happened for him. He accepted the role to the point of scoring 35 points and basically dominating the game against the Utah Jazz. Um, This was a big win for the Warriors, not in the essence of uh, their record, because we we, we also understand that their record isn't as good as it could be. They are currently fighting with the Lakers for a playing spot right now, but If we look at it from a different perspective, Klay Thompson accepting a six-man role being the type of player he is, and we understand he may not be the Game 6 Klay Thompson every game anymore, but Game 6 Klay can still show up when needed. And a player of that caliber, you don't just allow to just walk away from your team. So what I think the Warriors are doing now that they've seen a performance like this They've made the lineup changes, um, adding uh, Podenski, make sure I say his name right, actually, Um, adding Podenski to the starting lineup. And then they also are still playing good with Draymond, orchestrating the offense, of course, Curry being who he is. And now you have Clay doing his thing, Andrew Wiggins as well. I don't want to forget him. He's been doing a lot better than he was at the start of the season. So now you have Clay, who's instant offense. Um, He's playing against a second tier um, team and, and, you know, the bench. And you're allowing him to be more free to get more shots. You're also allowing him to develop more of his game. So Clay Thompson's been known more of of a knockdown shooter. But we all know that when you have instant offense like that, and now that it's coming off the bench, you can run certain plays for him that can allow him to get better spacing and also um, attack the basket more, um, whether he wants to shoot, whether he wants to drive, um, whether he wants to kick it out to uh, a Curry. Because I still believe that regardless of Klay Thompson's position, um, he's still going to play with Steph. You just, they they're, they're, they're the best, they're two of the best shooters that God has ever put on this earth. So you're not going to just make Clay play separate minutes from Steph all the time. There are going to be moments in the game where you're going to need both of them out there on the floor, whether they're hitting their shots or not. So I'm really happy for Klay Thompson. I understand that he was having a lot of issues accepting a, a lesser role because of the pride and the player that he was and and to be honest still is it's just not as consistent as it was in the past and that's just morality at its at its finest um we know that our favorite players aren't always going to be able to play at the level that you know that we saw them at when they were at their absolute great but clay thompson is still a hall of fame player and i assume that this move that Steve Kerr is basically uh, set in stone with Klay Thompson, now officially going to be coming off the bench in the second half, it will do wonders for their offense. And we may see the Golden State Warriors get back to championship relevancy uh, with this move. Uh, but let me know what you feel and, and how do you think in the comments section if you're listening on YouTube and if you're listening on any other listening platform just leave a comment as well about the clay Thompson situation and whether you not or whether or not you think this is a good idea so life for the Milwaukee Bucks has not been um really good (laughs) I think that's the light way of saying it so Doc Rivers has been hired and during that hiring we see that it hasn't really worked out I mean it's only been a couple games but since Doc Rivers has been hired, they have a three and seven record. Now the tables have actually gotten flipped because when they had Adrian Griffin as their head coach, it seemed like they had a top 10 offense and a below league defense. And now they have a top 10 defense, but a, low, but a below league offense. So you ask yourself, what exactly has happened in this period of time? So obviously Doc Rivers being head coach He's going to implement his system the way he wants his players to think on the floor and basically how he wants them to operate with the two superstars as well as all the everybody else and role players. Uh, With Doc Rivers' system, though, they've played against teams that actually have been able to dissect that system. It seems very basic and simple, and that can probably be attributed to Doc Rivers just getting on the team. The team not have enough time with each other uh, playing this new system and trying to make the pieces fit together. There's teams out there that you could say are very, very, very hard to beat regardless of who you are. Some of the teams that they actually played that led to this 3-7 and seven record, I believe, were the Heat, uh, the Timberwolves, the Jazz, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Cavs, and the Blazers. So if we're being honest with ourselves, we can say that, oh, these are some tough teams that the Milwaukee Bucks have been have had to go up against. I think the only team on that list that I named that you could say wasn't the most competitive team is the tra- Trailblazers. But every other team like the Jazz, Suns, Timberwolves, Heat, Nuggets, Gabs, they are all competing for a playing spot, a playoff spot, or a title contention this year. Which makes you think: If the Milwaukee Bucks have struggled this much coming out of the gate, how will they look post All Star break? The assumption is, when you have Doc Rivers, a Hall of Fame coach, uh, two superstars, and Dame and Giannis, um, two star—I mean, another star—in Chris Middleton, and then um, role players that seem to be good fits so far for this team, at least with what they can, you know, acquire and keep you would say championship or bust, they can hit the championship um, regardless. that This is just a bump in the road. This is just a, a time in the season where a lot of adjustment is being made. The other way you can look at it, at, at it is, and this is the way I don't think anybody wants to see, is this new head coach is trying to do something on the fly. The team is not going to be able to be cohesive enough to to really be a contender. And they get knocked out early in the playoffs. Nobody wants that. So we feel like with all the good that you have on this team, you should be able to figure it out. Now, that's harder. it's harder to do than just to just talk it. You know, it has to show in the actions on the floor. And they just haven't looked dominant at all. I think it's still very, very early to say that this team is going to keep struggling. But their record does not look great you know it does not look great since the doc river is hiring and we are going to give them the grace and assume that they're going to be winning a lot more games coming into this second half of the season and that's the that's pretty much the hope for this entire team and if not then we're gonna have, we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about and to go into as the season rolls around Now, here is a story of a team that has shown that it does not matter what anybody thinks at the end of the day. It does not matter what we talk about. It does not matter how we assume and predict that a team is going to play because the Cavaliers have proven everybody wrong. Basically, what happened throughout the first half of the season, injuries affected this team heavily. They were missing Evan Mobley. They were missing... Donovan Mitchell for a period of time, and they ended up missing Darius Garland for a long period of time. These injuries impacted them in ways of a couple losses um, that were stringed together. And you said to yourself, "Okay, when this team looked healthy, they weren't a championship contender. They barely look like a playoff contender. And you know with the pieces they have, that shouldn't be the case. So what was going on with their play style that was affecting the players the way it was, where they weren't winning? And kind of dramatically, when the injuries hit, of course, it forces changes in the lineup, and it opened up opportunity for more Cavs role players to play more, to shoot more, to have more freedom on the floor. Now, Donovan Mitchell came back. Uh, You still have Jared Allen out there with him, and you had these complementary role players beside him, such as a Karis Levert. Um, These players stepped up in their role while Evan Mobley and Darius Garland were out, and they dominated the league. So the Cavs are currently the number two seed in the league. I know, mind-blowing, because if you looked at them maybe a couple weeks into the season, nobody gave them a shot to really be this competitive. And Donovan Mitchell has just been on the tear with this team since since um, since the, the season since they made the season turnaround. They've won 18 of the last 20 games going into the All-Star break. That is remarkable. 18 of their last 20. That is an insane record. And it speaks to what a team is capable of doing regardless of the uh, nearsayers and regardless of what people say about this team. They go on the floor and they show it by backing it up, playing the right wing, playing playing just competent basketball. So here's the great news about all of this, if this wasn't already great enough. They're most likely going to be even more healthy going into uh, the post-All-Star break. They got Darius Garland back a couple games before. They got Evan Mobley back a couple games before. And even when they implemented those pieces back into the lineup, they still looked great. They still were winning games, and they still became the number two seed in the league. This is um, this is not going to be a team that just gets knocked out in the playoffs anymore. We saw last year, and we were kind of disappointed that the Knicks kind of bomb-rushed them and basically bullied them out of their playoff spot. But I don't feel like that's the same team. Um, watching them and watching um, most of their games, they look like a completely different team. They, feel, they they look like they figured it out. They know how their rotation is supposed to be. They know how to play together, and it just seems like a match made in heaven now. Now, as good as this team is playing, you also have to look at um, the other side of it. Can they keep that type of uh, winning up? I don't necessarily think they can win Another 18 of their 20 games. Seeing as there's about 22 games left in this season, I do feel like they will lose the number two seed, but they won't drop too far. Maybe no less than the fifth seed to sixth seed, hopefully. But I feel like the Cavs have really shown a lot this year and they are a sleeper team to actually get pretty far in the playoffs. Do not count this team out. They are on a completely different level right now. Than a lot of the teams in the league, and that's including the West, because I know the West is looked at as a much more um, competitive uh, conference, but right now, the Cavs are dominant, and that cannot be taken away from them. Alright, let's get into the Under the Radar segment. For those who are new, Under the Radar segment is all about highlighting the players who have played their hearts out and gave to the NBA. Contributed in a way that we didn't foresee, or maybe we did, but I just think we should highlight their games. So for that first player, we're going to talk about Brandon Miller, who went off for 33 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 steals in a game on February 5th against the Lakers. Now they lost the game 124 to 118 but Brandon Miller's rookie campaign has been up and down and these are the games where you truly see why he was picked as a top five pick. I think Brandon Miller has always been that uh, one of one player like he has the game. He has the talk the confidence. He just needed the development and the time and Hornets fans are really getting to see what he can do for their team. Shout out to Brandon Miller for this uh, for this game. I really feel like he can keep this up for the rest of the year. There's so much excitement to have with a uh, Hornets team that is trying to rebuild. He's the type of player you rebuild around. So let's get into the next game and the next player. I think this player was actually on the last under the radar segment, but we're gonna bring him back on a game on February sixth. The Knicks beat the Grizzlies one twenty three to one thirteen. And who else but Dante DiVincenzo stepping up for his team, role play of the year so far, waiver pickup of the year if you play fantasy basketball. He went off for 32 points, five assists, five rebounds, and three steals. Dante DiVincenzo, do your thing, do your thing. My man has been on fire shooting the ball lights out. I think it is like his second or third game, putting up at least 30 points since Julius Randle went down. I mean, what else can you ask for from one of your role players? I feel like Dante has really shown that he is a Knicks player. Um, You already loved him before. And now with you trying to keep these ones going, he's just that much more important. So let's highlight these types of games because we may not always get them. Shout out to you, Dante, for doing your thing. Next, we have the Detroit Pistons going up against the Kings in a win for the Pistons, 133-120, to 120. and who spearheaded the win but Jaden Ivey. I've heard a lot of talk about Jaden Ivey this year, mostly about who was going to trade for him because obviously, Monty Williams was not going to play this man enough for him to put up games like this. But with the tread deadline coming and Jaden did not leave that team this may be one of the games that got him to stay I don't know the Bulls were really trying to go after him I don't know let's say this I don't know if they were actually going to get him but we all knew Jaden Ivey was a player We all know he could ball out he just needs the opportunity and the time him Brandon Miller these are the type of players that they just need time and they have to find their own game within the game with him He went off for 33 points, 5 assists, and 6 rebounds. Now, I didn't watch the game. And if I'm being honest, I don't watch a lot of Pistons games. If you're not a Pistons fan, I don't think you really would have known about this. So that's why I think he is truly an under-the-radar type of player for this segment. Shout out to you, Jaden Ivey. Keep doing your thing in Detroit. Let's see you get another win for them. And last but not least, on February 8th, the Orlando Magic beat the San Antonio Spurs 127 to 111. Their player, or their under-the-radar player, was Franz Wagner with 34 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, and two blocks. Good Lord, I am so disappointed that my Bulls did not keep that pick that eventually got Franz Wagner. I would have loved him on my team, but alas, Orlando Magic made a good move. Most likely got one of their stars, one of their foundation pieces. This man is balling. He's been balling all year. Him and Paolo have been like the dynamic duo, whatever, however you want to put it. Batman, Robin, Robin, Batman. This man can play ball, man. 34 points. And he plays great. He plays good defense while doing this, while leading a team. Now, they don't. They, they don't they're not looked at as one of those top teams but as a young team you have to develop you have to take the time. I feel like I say that so much but with the Orlando Magic they've had a lot of time to develop their players but they haven't always hit. with mean, Franz Wagner they definitely hit So now you gotta now you got battle now you got to take those hits you gotta get to some playoffs or some play-ins you gotta win you gotta lose come back and fight again. This is that type of year for them. And Franz Wagner has been leading the way for them. He is one of the the under-the-radar players of the week. So let's get into the hoop session. This is when we look at NBA games that we're going to look forward to in the upcoming week. So this is going to be post-All-Star break. And the first game that I have circled on my list to watch Is a game on February 22nd at 10 p.m. Yes, it is a late game. It is the TNT game between the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, Now, I think you can already assume why I'm highlighting this game. It's the game after the Klay Thompson performance. And what do you know? They're going up against a team that they're literally neck and neck in the standings with in the Lakers. Now, the Lakers have actually kind of showed a lot of improvement. Their struggles have been highlighted for sure but D'Angelo Russell is still on a tear with his shooting and the team has overall has played so much better than how they started the season. Such as with the Warriors. The Warriors are in a much better place than when they started the season. So these are two teams pretty much in the same spot, same issues and they're trying to basically push themselves back into the playoff contention. I think this game is gonna be great. I'm not expecting Klay Thompson to go off at 35 again, not even 40, but I am expecting a Klay that's locked in and that is ready to show that that performance wasn't a fluke. Same thing with the Lakers. I think the Lakers wanna show that they finally figured it out. That the struggles that they had earlier with the lineup changes and them blaming the coach and all and all the drama that comes with the Lakers it can be washed away after a a good break and when you come back you can be a happy Lakers fan so this is a game I think that is going to be really good and really exciting coming right back out of the all-star break the next game that we have highlighted is actually at the same night but this is the eight o'clock game this is going to be the Clippers versus OKC now I highlighted this game Because both teams are on the top of the standings, which is the complete opposite of the game we just talked about. Where the Golden State Warriors and the Lakers are struggling to be in the playoffs. These two teams, and the Clippers and OKC, are just struggling to keep their spot because they're so high in the standings. These are two West teams. These are two teams that have proven... They can be a title contending team. Yes, I put OKC in the same bracket. Why? Because even though they're young and they don't have the experience, you never know what can happen in the NBA. And with the type of ball they've been playing and the type of cohesiveness they have, they can compete with anybody. I think they've beaten a lot of tough contending teams this year in a regular season. Now, I know it's not the playoffs, but. This can be a good example and a good game to watch to see where they really are in the Clippers. The Clippers have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. And they've played beautiful, great basketball. They've figured it out. They've taken the struggles from early in the season and they flipped it on their heads. And now we think as long as everybody stays healthy, they will run through the league. They will be one of those top teams that everybody says have a chance at the title. So two teams, two Titans, top of the standings. What else can you ask for? And it's the first game coming back for the new season. I'm hyped. I want to see it. I think this is going to be a great game. Go ahead and check that game out. Also, the next game that we have is a February 23rd game. Another late game. This is a 10 o'clock game. But this is gonna be between the Bucks and the Timberwolves. Now, we talked about the Timberwolves during the weekly grind segment. And we also talked about the Bucks during the weekly grind segment. But when we talked about the Bucks, we were talking about how they need to show a lot of improvement. The Timberwolves on the other end need to just keep the consistency going with their team. They're already a top team. I think they're actually the number one seed, but do we really believe that they can do a lot of damage in the playoffs and that they can get the opportunity to go into the finals? We don't really think so. And why is that? Why do we see a, a team that has Ant, that has Rudy Gobert, that has Car Anthony Towns, and we say, uh, they have the talent, they have the pieces, but something's missing. Something isn't right, something isn't gonna work out. We've seen this team work way too hard, and it seems like in their games, they struggle a lot with finishing, with stopping that team out and making sure they get the win. So when you have a team as dangerous as the Bucks coming into your town who also struggle with consistency, and you're telling me you struggle with trying to close games out, I think this is going to be a very tense and exciting game to watch because... Even though the Timberwolves are at a higher echelon in the league right now, they still have a lot to prove before we believe they are going to make noise in the playoffs. And the Bucks just really need to prove that this is going to work with Doc Rivers. So the last game that we have on the hoop session is a February 24th game between the Celtics and the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Now, I don't have much to say about this one. This is... Neck and neck. These teams are really good. These teams do not have a lot of flaws. I think the Knicks have a lot of injuries going on right now. And I think the Celtics should take advantage of that. But I still think it's going to be a great game overall. I really don't have much to say about them. I just really am excited to watch this game uh, because of the Madison Square Garden vibes. You know, Knicks love Celtics pride. And they're both Pretty much title contenders that I just want to see battle on the highest stage. So, thank you for listening to the Plows of Life uh, show. I appreciate you guys. Uh, this has been your host, Adrian Hatcher, and we'll see you next episode. Peace.